What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, July 12th, 2023. Of course, I am Tim Geddes and I am joined by the big daddy himself, Greg Miller. Hello, Tim. How are you? Really like your shirt. It's on its way out. Yeah. If we're being honest. Uh-huh. Of course, I, if you're an audio listener, I'm wearing my New Day podcast. Of course, supporting the boys of the New Day over at WWE. But I've had this for a while and you can see... It is doing the. Th- it's falling apart. It's starting because it still looks cool on camera, which I appreciate. Yeah, there you go, Bear. But you get in there, you see the screen printing is in fact. But it, I, I feel like it adds game. to it. I feel yeah. like it, it actually enhances the look of this particular graphic. Because of course, this is yeah, it's made it, it look it, like an fit, album it, cover. It, yeah, it fits the yeah the photo and the style of it. You know, I like it. It's a fine wine. Graphic. Okay, then I'll, I'll like let you. it keep going. The material's still great. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean. That I'm a big fan of. Yeah, I wish you know Xavier's face would fall off and go. I know. Away. You know what I mean. I, I love supporting Biggie and Kofi. It sucks. That I have to also support this sea urchin, mm-hmm. this sea cucumber. Okay, Xavier Wood. Urchin always right. See at the end of that one. Fucking tell me about your burnt orange I, jacket. All right, I, get I, the hell out I don't of here. Know shit. You're supposed to be in the tree of trust with me and support me. All right, we're not supposed to turn on each other. We I'm turn always on here with you, Greg. And you you start talking shit about one of our dear friends, and I'm always like, I gotta support the bit. And then it always crosses that line of like, what am I sitting here just blindly supporting? You know what I mean? And it's like I, I go, it's a roller coaster every morning. We support our friends by cutting them down. You know? Yeah, that. yeah. That's the Greg Miller way. Greg, are you doing well overall? I'm doing great overall. You yeah. know what I mean? We're having a great week, great content week. Lots to talk about today. So games, many games. Daily, which is always exciting. So many games, so many reviews, so many cool things happen on a kind of. I'm having a great time. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing real well. A little tired. Had a long What'd night you do last, last night. night. <laughs> oh. Wasn't wasn't oh. fun. A little moosey throw up action. Ah, uh, never fun with the dog. You had a six a.m. flight, so that means I don't get to sleep. Sure. So yeah. anyway, yeah. we're gonna have yeah. a lot of fun today talking about stories like Greg Neil Druckmann assuming his final form at Naughty Dog, uh, The Last of Us cleaning up on Emmy noms and more. We're always just talking about The Last of Us, Last of Us Games Daily, baby, uh, because this is kind of funny games daily. We're each and every weekday we get together live right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to talk to you about all the video game news that you need to know um if you want to get it as a podcast you can search your favorite podcast feed for kind of funny games daily and we'll be right there for you and if you want to go above and beyond uh you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny where you get the show ad free you can be a patreon producer just like delaney twining the hero that we need um and you can get a whole bunch of bonus content including a bunch of episodes of Kind of Feudy and Greg Way. Greg's always really good about answering your questions. You can get in there on Patreon and he'll get in there and give his thoughts about whatever's in your mind at that moment. Whatever's in your mind, I'll give the thoughts about. Let me in your mind, ladies and gentlemen. Let me uh, mind meld with you. Just do it. Just do it. You can do that over on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny. We appreciate all of you so much. Fair, Um, give me the one. Let me meld with your mind, everybody. Is it so much to ask? Because here's the thing. You keep your cheeks so tight on your mind. Let me spread them. Let me get in your mind, cheeks. <laughs> I'll let you in. Do you want to come in here, kids? Patreon.com slash kind of funny. New Gregory every day. Let me into your mind, cheeks. <laughs> uh, transitioning from that, we have some housekeeping for you. Longtime kind of funny supporter Gene Yang came by with the cast of American Born Chinese for an amazing screencast. You can check it out on youtube.com slash kind of funny or podcast services by searching for screencast. Greg, this is pretty cool. Awesome. 
of course, you know, I, I make a point to call it out on the show several times. You know, Gene has been supporting Kind of Funny forever. Like, you know, he came to the original spare bedroom and all we knew each other from was like, oh, you're writing a Superman comic. I love Superman and I'm you're an SF and I'm an SF. Come. And he showed up to our house and came in and did, and did a great show. And since then, you know, he's come back. To, he came to the other studio and did that. What do we call the other studio, by the way? I know. We, we need, need a name for the, the mid studio. I don't know what yeah. we call it. Uh, and so then he got to and he it, it was. It's always a cool thing to bring somebody who supported us from the beginning here because he walked around like, he's like, oh my God, this is, and he was like so into it. Let alone the fact that, you know, I was interviewing Gene about his comics, which is an accomplishment I'm going to try to take away from. But now, yeah, American Born Chinese has become a Disney Plus show. It's all out. It is actually awesome. You know, I sat down and watched it all for the interviews and stuff like that. I had slept on it. You know how busy I am. Uh, went through, I was like, holy Everyone shit, this show is it. great. You know what I mean? And of course, giving a window into a culture, that that's what I love. You know what I mean? I've seen enough stories about myself that I can go, oh, that's exactly me. But the thing about this one, right, is like to go through and see the character of Jin in high school doing all these things and trying to fit in, that is so everyone's story, you know what I mean? But then to have the cultural stuff in it and then have this, on top of it, otherworldly God story that's happening as well, like... The show is great, and so it was a huge deal to have the cast in yesterday to talk about it. And, you know, we had basically everybody who is the familial unit for Jin or whatever on the show. They are awesome. It was awesome to talk to them and have them tell stories about how they were an actual cat like family on set, and they'd go out to eat, and they'd do all these different things. Even before we went live with the cameras, just having them catch up, right? Because it was this insanity thing of, like, there, you know, she was in Singapore, uh, uh, Chin Han was in uh, Australia, and then uh, Ben was down in L. Or no, he wasn't even in L.A. He's in America, though. So it's like this weird thing of they hadn't seen each other in forever. There was this time difference. They were all so committed and so happy to talk about this. It was, it was awesome to see them. It was awesome to have the show, but then they all loved the product so much. And they got to tell these amazing stories, right, about like people coming up to them in the streets and crying about how much it so meant cool. to see that. It's like, it's awesome. This is one of those things we always talk about it kind of funny, right? Like. This is a passion episode of Screencast. We don't expect this to do numbers, right? This is something we did because we support the show. We support Gene. We want to do cool stuff, and we don't care about numbers. But I would really encourage people, even if you're like, I'm never going to watch that show, go watch this and listen to this. Because even the, how they did it and what it was like on set and talking about working with Michelle Yeoh and all these amazing things. like Incredible. There's so much stuff in there that even if you never wanted to watch the show, I think there's something you'd get out of it. And then hopefully it would encourage you to go watch the show, which is amazing. Yeah. Definitely go check that out. And speaking of screencasts, we have even more stuff going on. Uh, me and Barrett have a live reaction of the recent Ahsoka trailer, and it kind of blows both of our minds. I rewatched this last night, Barrett. <laughs> it's really yeah. funny. Like there, there was a specific line in the trailer that we didn't really talk a lot about, but the whole like uh, Anakin, Anakin talks highly of you moment. Dude, yeah. Oh. So check out uh, our reaction over there on YouTube because it, it was a good one. We have a really great conversation about our excitement levels for Ahsoka. Um, and then later today, I'm going to be recording another uh, Secret Invasion breakdown with new rock stars, the Deep Dives, Eric Voss, which I'm really excited about. Um, and then again, remember, we're going to be doing in review with the whole crew in a couple weeks for Secret Invasion. Over on the game side of things, Greg and Janet's Oxen Free 2 review is live now on the Kind of Funny Games cast. You can check it out on YouTube or podcast services. Um, We'll talk more about that in yeah. one of the stories. Uh, and then over on Patreon, Greg and Janet did a 20-minute Oxen Free 2 spoiler cast as today's Gregway. So you can uh, get that whenever you finish the game. Don't It'll be there when you're ready. Don't worry about it. You don't have yeah. to rush it. Go ahead. Enjoy yourself. No one's going to spoil anything for you but until you click on it. Then we'll spoil everything. Yeah. 
Um, this week, there's a little note for everyone. We're not breaking up our streaming content on YouTube. This means that each day, KFGD, the Super Chat Post Show, and the stream of the day will be one big video uh, on YouTube. Uh, it's an experiment. I know it's not convenient for people. There's back-end reasons that we're trying to do this. Uh, essentially, having to jump from stream to stream, we're just losing everybody. But when we keep it this way, we're keeping everybody going, and it's uh, easier to just focus on the content as opposed to like trying to desperately get people back in so we appreciate your patience as we try to figure out the issues and best ways to to go about this uh today brought to you by bird dogs but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report it's time for some news we had seven stories today a baker's dozen story number one T. Luz, Neil Druckmann, rules the world. This comes from Cat Bailey at IGN. Naughty Dog co-president Evan Wells is retiring at the end of the year, leaving Neil Druckmann to fully take the reins as one of PlayStation's best-known studios. In a message pu- published on Naughty Dog's official site, Wells talked about his 30-year career in games and praised Druckmann, saying that he's incredibly confident that he's leaving the studio in the best hands. This is something that I've been discussing with Naughty Dog's studio leadership team for well over a year, and with Neil for even longer than that, Wells wrote. The decision brings with it overwhelming and conflicting emotions, but I've come to realize that I'm content with my time at the studio and all that we've accomplished together over the last 25 years. I couldn't be more confident in Neil's ability to carry on running the studio. It's the right time for me to provide the opportunity for him and others on the studio leadership team to steer the studio into a successful future. Druckmann praised Evan in a tweet calling his legacy unmatched. Quote, sad to see my boss, mentor, partner, friend leave, but happy for him to enjoy a well-earned retirement. Evan, your unmatched legacy will forever be part of Naughty Dog. Uh, Evan Wells has been at Naughty Dog since 1998 with credits including Crash Team Racing, one of the greatest Woo! games of all time, and Jack and Daxter. Uh, Wells became co-president of Naughty Dog following the departure of founders Jason Rubin and Andy Gavin in 2004. Druckmann was promoted to co-president alongside Wells in 2020. Uh, Wells departs in the midst of a challenging year for Naughty Dog. Uh, while Last of Us has found great success on television, the multiplayer versions face setbacks and delays. The PC port, which launched back in March, has similarly been met with mixed reviews. Nevertheless, Naughty Dog remains one of PlayStation's crown jewels. Uh, quote, I have no doubt Naughty Dog will reach new heights and continue to raise the bar for the state of the art. I have no doubt Naughty Dog will... Re- yeah, there's copy-paste twice there. Uh this is pretty big, Greg. A retirement, a rare thing to see in, in our industry, but something that I imagine we're going to start seeing more and more on every side. Well, the question always becomes, like, of course, shout out to Evan Wells and everything he's accomplished, 25 years at Naughty Dog. Congratulations. And yeah, I like how Neil says, go enjoy your retirement. And then, of course, video game developers retiring are a lot like professional wrestlers retiring. We're like, oh, One more I'm match. hanging up the boots. Then they take six months. Like, you know what? I still got a taste for it, and I can't wait to get out and do that. And of course... You want to look at Evan, you know, you talk about the same thing we see in every industry, right? As people get promoted and go up through the ranks and maybe you get separated from doing the job you actually love doing and you lose that, right? So it'd be interesting to see if he comes back. I'm not, I don't know anything, but I just know what we've seen with other people retiring. Mm-hmm. If he comes back, if he's going to do something small and independent, yada, yada. But for now, go out there, yeah, and take a breath, right? Like, again, you, I, it's interesting, you know, Kat, which it, who isn't wrong, says, you know, it's in the midst of a challenging year for Naughty Dog. You're still fucking naughty dog, yeah, right? Like sure. you're still the crown jewel of PlayStation Studios. You're still going out on top. You know, especially, you know, to have it the news about Evan drop yesterday and then what we're about to get into with these last of us Emmy nominations drop today. Like this is similar to like when Jack Trent launched the PlayStation 4 and was like, "Cool, 
I'm going out now because yeah. this is awesome and I'm tired and I'd like to do other things. Like, what will it actually end up being? Who knows? Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, you're right. We've seen it before uh, of this happening and them kind of like being able to go back and, and just focus on games if they wanted to. Yeah. But, I mean, 1998, man, that's a long time to be with yeah, the company. Yeah, sure. And to think of like the, the amount of games that Evan's been there for to be a part of, the amount of amazing classic either uh, generation defining or genre defining, like sure. just defining in so many different ways games, like dating back all the way to things like Crash Team Racing on the early days. But like Jack and Daxter on PS2, like we look Come back on. at these like mascot platformers and things like that um, as, you know, very specifically of an era, but like they were the triple A game then. Like yeah. I, I remember distinctly there was a PlayStation Underground disc uh, that had a, a preview of Jack and Daxter uh, on it that uh, legacy baby never forget was the first time I ever heard or saw anything close to you see that mountain over there you can go there yeah. you know and it felt like oh my god video games can be so many things and then you take that to Last of Us Part Two right of like the, the jump of how everything has grown and on top of that like the success of the show and all the, the other things but like yeah talk about going out on top man like it's just such such an impressive uh ride and like i hope that he ends up doing what he wants to do and if he wants to just chill you've earned your rest my oh 100 yeah. and you hope that's the case right like i think you know we'll never retire <laughs> we're just doing you know what it like we're not making industry-defining video games and all these amazing developers and yada, yada, yada. Like, I would love it if that was the case. If, you know, because Evan's still a young man, right? Like, to retire and be like, no, I'm going to go sail. I'm going to go garden. I'm going to go be with my family and actually stay out of it. That'd be awesome. But it feels like whenever somebody retires, they don't really retire. And back to the wrestling thing, whether it is making games or whether it is, I'd look at Reggie, who, you know, left Nintendo, right? Yeah. But then, of course, went to a, a bunch of different boards and a bunch of different senior leadership positions and writes a book. And yeah, he's Reggie honestly feels like he's in some ways more involved in the industry than he was before. Absolutely. And, it's and awesome. So, and, and that is awesome. So it is really like if you want to go be, if Evan wants to go and fade into the uh, just background completely and be done with it all, awesome for him. Uh, if he wants to, you know, come back and do something on his own, awesome for him. Whatever yeah. it is, you'll be watching. We'll be watching. Uh, and We're then watching. And then Neil. Cheeks. <laughs> Jesus. Neil on the other side. Uh, so from Neil on the Naughty Dog blog, as Evan has pointed out, our good fortunes led to immense and steady growth. With that kind of success and size comes the need to reevaluate how we structure a studio leadership team that reflects the next chapter for Naughty Dog. At present, I will be co-head of the studio with Evan Wells, along with taking on the responsibilities of head of creative, ensuring that I will be able to invest in the future of our projects, creative vision, and overall business strategy, a.k.a. HBO shows. Uh, Allison Mori is getting promoted to studio manager and head of operations, uh, where she will be responsible for Naughty Dog's overall operations and finances and will join me in steering the business of our studio. Arnie Meyer will be continuing his work in developing long-term cultural impact and well-being at the studio and is now head of culture and communications. Um, that's awesome. Uh, our head of technology will be Christian Gerling, who will continue to push us to new heights in innovation and technical solutions. And joining our already existing studio leadership bench will be Eric uh, Peniglinen and uh, Jeremy Yates as co-heads of our extensive and impressive art departments, while Anthony Newman will move into his new role as head of production and design. Well, uh, I dropped this in there, right? Mm -hmm. So I built the doc today, blessings off on assignment. Uh, I added this context in there because I do think it's interesting that they keep talking about the studio leadership team and what does that actually mean and where does that actually shake out? And so Neil, you know, Evan put up his post, then Neil put up his post. And I wanted that there just to show that like, 
a little glimpse of how they're doing it, which is news to me. Like, I don't know. I've known, obviously, co-heads Evan and Neil. That was, I remember when that move got made. But to see this in here of like, okay, cool, but here's the overall team looking, right? And really to see uh, Neil calling out that he'll be taking on responsibilities of head of creative, right? It's Even though he's going to be head of the studio, head of creative seems like it'll be mainly his thing. You're overseeing everything, obviously, mm-hmm. but you'll have then all these other heads that are the studio leadership team working, you know, top down on what's happening there. Yeah. Sounds good on paper, sure. right? Yeah. Like this sounds like a, a, a good structure for how, how these teams, when, from what we know from the outside and semi-inside in some ways of how these games are made, it feels like this seems to be trying to address some of the issues and criticisms people have had of the industry at large, but Naughty Dog in particular as well. So I'm hopeful here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, whatever. It's Naughty Dog. I want to see what they're going to do next. I want to see how it's going to be. Of course, it's similar to what I talked about with Evan, right? Of like, you know, the higher you go up in a company, the less you get to do the things you want to do. So it is interesting to see Neil go to head of creative. And what does that mean? Head of creative would, of course, mean that you're overseeing creative, which I would imagine means you have multiple other people working on the games in terms of what the creative vision for the games are. So what does that mean for A Last of Us Part 3? What does that mean for the next IP? I think if, you know, there's the rumors of Last of Us Part 3. There's, you know, Neil being on the record of we have an outline, but like, you know, do we ever get to it? Who knows kind of thing. Uh, I would think that this is a great time if Neil's going to ascend and still have his eye, you know, with Craig on what's going on with Season 2, that you would let Last of Us start becoming that HBO product and then let the Last of Us video games become, all right, hopefully the multiplayer one, hopefully whatever Factions 2 is, hopefully the leaked thing about, you know, being on the outskirts of a town, hopefully that's a Factions business, right? Somebody else is lead creative on that. Then you have a new IP, somebody else is, lead, head of, or is the creative lead on that, right? And you have Neil at the top kind of in that Godfather role. But again, then it becomes that question of, is that what Neil wants? Is mm-hmm. Neil doing a James Gunn kind of thing, right? Where he's going to, okay, cool. I'm going to run all, oh, I'm going to oversee everything, but I'm going to have my project. I'm going to have my thing. Yeah, totally. And uh, I, I don't know when we'll find out. Yeah, but I'm I imagine excited. it'll be a while. <laughs> yeah, but uh, very excited for it. Uh, staying on this topic, kind of. Uh, story number two, Last of Us Emmy noms make it the first live action video game adaptation to earn major awards consideration. This comes from Variety. First, we're going to hear from Joe Otterson saying the nominations for the 75th Emmys are out and HBO's once again dominating. Uh, HBO shows Succession, The Last of Us, and The White Lotus represent the three most nominated shows of the year. And no one is surprised, Greg Miller. Three amazing shows right there. Uh, Succession came out on top with 27 total nominations, including a record-setting three nominations in the Best Actor in a Drama category. Quick question, is that not a comedy? Drama, comedy, Succession? Yeah. No, not a comedy. Yeah, that's funny. You know, it's one of those things like every show these days where it's Mm -hmm. like, hey, like is White Lotus a comedy? It is if you want it to be. Dark. Yeah. All of these except Last of Us. Last of Us, definitively not Not a comedy. Not a comedy, no. Yeah. Funny moments, but. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this is wild where we get like um, all three of the the dudes and Shiv obviously as well um, all getting nominated, which is awesome. Well deserved. Yeah. Um, Last of Us was second with second. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Are you kidding me? Behind succession, dude. Yeah. Uh, with 24 total nominations. So just three less, man. That's yeah. insane. And that's the thing. Um, is like, yeah, I, I dropped it in there. But yeah, you, you're going to call it out, of course, including best drama series, best actor and actress noms for Pedro and Bella. Uh, like, that's the thing when you open it up and you just start scrolling through and like, you know, control F on The Last of Us and finding all the different noms in there and like seeing what, again, deservedly so for what's going on and where it is and what's shaking out. But yeah, I mean, what I... 
it's insane. Yeah. It is such an insane thing that, like, again, especially, like I'm saying, Neil ascending to the top of the throne to be the only head, and then, of course, this to follow up the next day. Like, what a time right now for The Last of Us Brain. It's absolutely wild. And, I mean, even on top of that, uh, Pedro Pascal got uh, nominated for an Emmy for Saturday Night Live for the Mario Kart thing. So <laughs> that Mike Diva uh, so produced, good. which is all of that's wild. But, um, yeah, man, congratulations to all of them. We're going to continue going on here. Uh, this comes from Adam B. Very. Uh, Achievement Unlocked with nods for the best drama series actor, Pedro Pascal, and actress Bella Ramsey, among others. Uh, Last of Us is... Last of Us is the first live-action video game adaptation to earn major award consideration from a top Hollywood awards body in television or film with the 24 nominations. Um, on, on TV, live-action video game adaptations are practically a brand-new phenomenon, starting with Halo for Paramount+, and Resident Evil for Netflix, both of which debuted in 2022. And the landscape is quickly expanding, with shows based on Twisted Metal coming to the cock. Uh, and let's, God just, of War. let's just say it right now. Twisted Metal, mm-hmm. going to beat The Last be of Us. Emmy 20, yeah, 25, mm-hmm. easy. Uh, and then feature film adaptations for a bunch of games are coming out. Last of Us then marks an extraordinary milestone. One might say a massive power up for the genre. Thank you very much. Oh, uh, Adam B. Very. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like this is just the beginning. I think the saddest part about this is that the world's in fucking shambles right now. And with the writer strikes and the yes. impending actor strikes and all this stuff, it's like, cool. We're never seeing this show. And if we do, it's going to be many, many years away. Last uh, of Us hopefully season when everything's handled. Yeah. 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 We're getting twisted metal though. We are getting twisted metal. Anthony Mackie, Samoa so Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You're, you're, that's that's coming up, July twenty seventh. I mm-hmm. want to say. Yeah, 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 right around the corner. We'll see how that one shakes out. But yeah, what a victory lap for the Last of Us and mm-hmm. Naughty Dog and Craig and uh, you know the entire team. Obviously, it was just like to ride that high. Of course, you know we of course did the reactions, the you know um, uh, screencast uh, reactions to uh, Last of Us throughout. But I feel like even then, like. That feels like it was last year. You know what I mean? It feels so long ago. It Not does. that it was the beginning of this year that we did that and had a great time doing it. And it, So I haven't thought so much about the show recently because so much is happening. There's so much to watch, so much to play, yada, yada, yada. To get here and see the recognition, to see it deliver on what we hoped and what we talked about it was going to be there, hell yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, from the first moment we saw that that teaser and it was presented as and coming soon to HBO and it was like the end of their big season yeah. uh, showcase thing, it was like, oh, wow. They believe in this. They yeah. got something special, yeah. which like we all knew. But it's like to see that vision recognized and realized in the way that it did. I'm I'm so impressed. And man, shout out to HBO, just killing the game as well. Like they're they're doing great work over there in a uh, in a world where they are under like, horrible leadership and so many bad decisions happening over at Warner Brothers. But somehow HBO still has been bringing the heat. Like last year, I don't know that they've ever had a better run, at least not since I've been watching of back-to-back shows between succession white lotus game of thrones last of us like the fact that game of thrones was good yeah. the spinoff it yeah, was yeah, like, yeah wow so shout out to all of them man and you, you look at the the emmys and it's just like of course congrats to last of us but damn congrats to hbo yeah 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 uh we are gonna continue on but before we get to story number three greg i want to give them a word from our sponsors Are you okay with that i think i'll allow it cool This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I've been going down to the heat of Los Angeles with Gia a lot recently, and I've been loving the breeze thanks to my Bird Dogs. They got Oxford shorts, khaki shorts, bathing suits, and much, much more. My favorites are the Art Farts Knockers, and it's not just because of the name, it's because of the blue. But hey, 
The name doesn't hurt at all. Art Fart Knocker, come on. Go to birddogs.com slash kindoffunny or enter code kindoffunny for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash kindoffunny or use the promo code kindoffunny for a free Yeti-style tumbler. Birddogs.com slash kindoffunny. Promo code kindoffunny. Stay on the TV tip for just one more sec, Greg. I love shout, TV. Shout out to HBO, right, and all that. Yeah, yeah of, course, it, of course, But, like, shout out to the real underdog that's just killing it, that needs all the respect. And anybody that knows, anybody that knows, they know. FX, man. Oh. FX just brings the hits. Yeah. They, they have such good eyes for finding. They're, they're the Devolver Digital of TV. They do. The, that's mm. where the bear airs, if it's not on the, Hulu. The, the bear. and Yeah, they have a partnership with Hulu. So it's yeah. like that, that's all the like next day airs so or whatever. Like, sure, sure. Always Sunny, season drops. The Bear, Dave, uh, Atlanta. Yeah. It's, they still making a new Always Sunny? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. I don't know how they are, but they're doing it. It's them. wild, man. I feel like uh, it single-handedly makes Hulu worth it. Like, they bring... I only turn on Hulu to watch stuff, I guess, then from FX. Yeah. Yeah, so that yeah, makes sense. Real good stuff. Uh, story number three. Sticking with PlayStation First Parties, the Horizon series is only just getting started as developer has a pipeline of 16, quote-unquote, plans. Plans aren't games, they were very clear mm-hmm, to point out. Mm-hmm. This comes from uh, Liv... Uh, I don't know how to say this. N-G-A-N um, at Games Radar. Um, Guerrilla Games says that Horizon Series is going to be continuing it for a very long while with 16 plans all on the spin. Uh, when Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores DLC was released in April, fans suspected it wasn't the end of Aloy's story. In May, studio director John Bart Van Beek confirmed that Aloy's adventures will continue. The Horizon universe will ex- expand further than just one more game, though, uh, Van Beek hopes, as he reveals during a Develop Brighton talk that the studio currently has around 16 plans clicking on, <laughs> including future installments down the line. Quote, we're continuing to be continuing, we're sorry, we're going to be continuing it for a very long while, he continues. As people probably already know, we're also going to be working on a multiplayer game, uh, perhaps making reference to the Horizon MMO, first rumored in 2021. Rumors resurfaced last year following a new report suggesting Sony had partnered with South Korean developer and Seasoft Corporation to create it. Ben Beek describes development on the upcoming multiplayer cooperative game as another massive shift for the studio almost on the same level as doing the first Horizon. Hell yeah. Uh, Building out a two-player experience is a whole new challenge for the studio, he elaborates, adding that the team is excited about that project. Pretty interesting. A couple nuggets here that I feel kind of like paint a picture that we didn't necessarily know before. I mean, him driving here, building out a two-player experience, you know? That sounds very different than a, an MMO that they're talking about there. Yeah, they, I think they're separ- those are separate projects. The cooperative two, experience. Separate of the 16. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's two year 16 right there. Yeah. Your co-op, your MMO or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, from what we've understood, right, and kindoffunny.com, uh, yeah, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if I'm off the mark here because this is usually blessings beat a bit more than mine, is that we've heard the rumors of the co-op Monster Hunter-like uh, mm. uh, horizon that I think is what he's talking about, right? Uh, describes Delwin on the upcoming th- cooperative game as another massive shift, almost on the same level as First Horizon, building a two-player experience, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, coming up here is the rumored MMO, right, or whatever, which is a different thing, and that's the one that Sony partnering with and seesoft on rumored right mm. that's the one that's not confirmed we've heard horizon talk of, or that we've heard gorilla talk about the co-op multiplayer game before so i think those are two things i could be speaking out of turn though so please keep us honest on you're wrong if you're if i'm wrong about that um so yeah exciting stuff i'm ready to see what the co-op monster hunter kind of horizon would be right like that Sounds like a win. It sounds promising, right? It sounds like, promising. It sounds like a win. I think, uh, to Van Beek's point, like, 
that is almost like starting Horizon Zero Dawn, right? Because it was the idea of going from a, hey, we're the first-person shooter kill zone guys to, hey, we're the open-world RPG guys, now to going, hey, we're the Monster Hunter RPG, or Monster Hunter, you know, RPG, but Monster Hunter clone guys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that we, Wild Hearts proved that there's a market for that, for really good Monster Hunter clones. Like, that is a great formula. People love that. And you imagine if it is Gorilla coming in with the prestige and acumen that they already have if they come that's imagine too right they come in with the polish that you expect from a horizon game those giant massive monsters we've all fought in those games and you have it all right cool you're going off of your friend you're doing it is that's the kind of ip expansion i can get behind and get excited about aloy's story everything that's going the mainline horizon that is still there that is still happening you will get horizon 3 and we will finish the story as cody rhodes would say but over here on the side, there are all these massive machines and monsters out there to fight across the world. Why not let us go into a, a, a very different, not world, but genre of like, cool, you're not out there to save the world. You're not out there to stop it. You're not trying to find Silas. You're not worrying about Gaia. You are just trying to survive. You are going to be whatever tri you're part of this tribe or this new uh, environment world uh, community. How are you going to go out? What are you going to go do? Go out there and, you know, you do need to take down the Thunder's Jaw to get the better armor to go on and fight the bigger beast. Like, I love Monster Hunter games, and I, I was shocked by how much I liked Wild Hearts. So to think about a PlayStation, first party, co-op, gorilla, Monster Hunter clone, that sounds awesome. That it sounds does. fun. And yeah. it sounds like, again, one of those great, uh, hey, we're making 12 live service games. Let's see what goes. And, you know, I think the power of... PlayStation first party is the idea of learning from each other. And so to have Bungie there, obviously, which I know some people bristle at, but have them there and what they've learned from destiny to, but even more important, I would say to this version is to have ghost of Tsushima there to go talk to sucker mm -hmm. punch and be like, yo, what did you learn with legends? Yeah, what can totally. we bring to this? That gets me excited. Yeah. It, it's very exciting. I feel like uh, the one thing that horizon has going for it, like regardless of what you think about the games is it's beautiful. And the world just makes sense and you can imagine things in it being applied to other types of genres and games. And there's that prestige that you're talking about, that PlayStation first party um, polish that is exciting to imagine applied to a Monster Hunter type game that like yeah. can look beautiful and can look great, but to imagine the level of spectacle that we expect from a Horizon or a God of War, or Naughty Dog uh, game, things like that. Uh, applying that to genres that are even just a little bit outside what we've been getting a lot from Sony of uh, the third person action adventure for sure uh, type game right so like we we have an understanding where all the the games are kind of similar to some extent like the, the how open or linear they are might vary and like um, exactly the genre or whatever might vary but I feel like the idea of getting out of that and trying to introduce new genres with coats of paint that makes sense because Sony has this IP and they want to strengthen it not just by going to HBO and making an amazing show yeah. but by also taking it and applying the world that they already have ready or at least a great starting place with um, to apply it to new type of experiences even if they're experiences that people have had before with Monster Hunter or things like that but it's like Here's what a first-party one can look like, which I think is a really exciting proposition. And I think what you have there when you talk about like something people are familiar with or not, like if you, it, there's an audience that has been looks at Monster Hunter and goes, "Oh, that's not something I care about. That's weird. That's a Capcom. I don't. I, I don't know anything about that." And then they they're not even going to give it a chance. You say, "Hey, it's Horizon. It's PlayStation first-party." Suddenly they're like, "Oh." 
Well, I've heard, I know that Monster Hunter was successful. I know that people really love that game. I'll try this one because I love the IP. Or I don't even know what the genre is. I'll try it because of the IP. And then you have people like me that really do enjoy Monster Hunter games going, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd take another one. I'd take another I, what, what What is the spin you're going to put on it? What is the change you're going to put on it? I'd be interested to get into all that. Yeah. Uh, for the record, nobody corrected me on your wrong because I would apparently be right. And I did a little bit of research here, just jumping through some hoops. And Gadget says, yeah, Horizon multiplayer game is on the way. This is Chris Holt from December 2022. Uh, Gorilla made the announcement in a recruitment tweet, along with working on a more, quote, solo adventures, the star of the day, blah, blah, blah. Online project set in the Horizon universe. It added a letter will feature new characters in a unique stylized look, as well as the fact that it will be uh, able to play together, which successor will be a focus on co-op, which again has been brought up before. Then over on Kotaku from November 2022, Zach, our friend, of course, had the whole story of uh, translation as first reported by MTN, a South Korean financial news site. Sources close to NCSoft and Sony explained that the two companies had entered into agreement to create a new online game at NCSoft based on Sony's IP horizon. So, yeah, it would, you'd think MMO and then, of course, the confirmed multiplayer co-op one. So um, stay in line with the, the Monster Hunter talk here, Greg. When yeah. Monster Hunter... We, we've talked about Monster Hunter for a very long time. We have time. talked about Monster Hunter for a long time. You know, the, we always talk about how huge it is in Japan and how it's like this this big moment in gaming on PSP and like everyone on the train yeah. playing. And like there was this moment that didn't really exist in the West, but it did exist in, in the world. And um, there's just so many stories about that of people like you that were obsessed with the PlayStation Portable and like, getting into it. And you had to use the hook. Had to and, use your little hook. Oh, yeah, there's no other analog stick. That, you no. had to have it up here. You're using up here. You're playing with the deep end. <laughs> but um, I love that thing, though. Um, then I feel like Monster Hunter World was like such a big moment for the franchise. It was of kind of like it, it reminds me a lot of Fire Emblem, where it's like Fire Emblem like awakening on the 3DS. Like there had been a couple of um, iterations coming to America, but they never quite hit. Um, but then Awakening came out, and it was like all of a sudden Fire Emblem's one of Nintendo's most popular, well, B tier uh, franchises. And um, Monster Hunter World comes out, and I feel like it was that same thing of, like, uh, it felt like a next-gen game. It felt like it mattered, and it felt like it was finally time of, like, oh, I've heard about this thing for a long time. Let's experience it in a way that, like, makes sense for modern understandings. Do you think that Monster Hunter World 2 is coming soon, and do you think that it's going to be bigger than Monster Hunter World, or do you think that World, because it was that coming-out party, it kind of, that was the moment? Yes, I think it's coming soon. You know, we, we just went through SGF, right? And it was maybe at Capcom, maybe at SGF, you know, uh, G- Keeley Showcase, whatever you called it at that time. Uh, I think you're, that's going to be one of those, now it's going to kind of be on the tip of our tongues and everyone's tongues for every conference we head into, mm-hmm. right? So four game awards, four, I mean, every PlayStation Showcase now, we already know how Capcom likes to announce things with PlayStation, right? Mm-hmm. So and it's a state of play, not even a showcase. State of plays, you know what I mean? Maybe early next maybe year, showcase. whatever, but maybe showcase. Don't get me started. Um... So yes, I do think it's it's imminent. I do think it's soon. I think they'll announce it. I know a lot of people like to point to Rise and even Sunbreak and then the porting of it like that. I, I think, again, as always, there's a big t- difference between announcing and releasing. I th- but I think we're getting close to you have to start talking about Monster Hunter World 2. And then for how do I think it'll fare when it comes out, I think it will be bigger than Monster Hunter uh, World 1. I think you will see, I think even more now, it's going to be the... The people who became converts with Monster Hunter World, who that was their first experience, I think they've talked enough about Monster Hunter World now that you're going to have a whole bunch of people who are going to enter in and be like, well, I know so many people like that I heard about on my podcast. My friends played it, yada, yada, yada. I want to get in there. I want to do it. And I think on top of that, I really hope you'll see 
more modern conveniences in it. Monster Hunter World, one of the reasons it was a breakout and I think was so great is it was all the learnings and pain points from PSP and into the Wii Monster Hunters and so on. They learned those lessons. They did. They made a lot of changes to make it feel like, oh man, this is a modern Monster Hunter. It's not sticking to the, th the things. And even Monster Hunter Rise, which I waited till and jumped in on the PlayStation 5 version of it mm -hmm. this year, right? Yeah. Um, I was shocked by, oh man, like, They've made so many quality of life things from even like this is a more traditional handheld Monster Hunter. It feels like it should be handheld because it was obviously on Switch. Uh, but they made so many changes there that are like, oh, this wasn't just a PSP version. It was, hey, mm -hmm. a modern Monster Hunter portable one. I'm excited to see what a Monster Hunter World 2 will look like with cool. We're here. We know what we're doing. We know what the audience kind of wants. We know what made this one hit. Let's go through and change that up. And so I, I know you were obsessed with uh, Monster Hunter World That's when right. it came out. Like, are you... And like seeing you now being obsessed with Diablo 4, yeah. like, it, it, would your hype levels for a Monster Hunter World 2 be like Diablo 4 levels of hype for you, or would it be like Spider Man 2 levels of hype? It would be like Diablo. Well, I mean, like, and I got pretty, I mean, I got Spider Man 2 by the end of the Diablo there, but like, it would be like the build up to Diablo. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna sunk, I'm gonna sunk a lot, I'm gonna sink a lot of hours into this. This is going to be good. It's gonna be a me and Jen game, right? Monster Hunter World was a me and Jen game where we ran through and had the TV side by side and played the whole way. So I'm excited for that again and that experience of it. And I do think it, it, what would come down to me is as we get closer to it and the announcements and the blog posts and whatever, what are the changes? What are the updates? How, what is the ease of use? What are we doing and how are we going through? That would be for me. But yeah, I, Monster Hunter World 2 will immediately go to the, near the top of my most anticipated games list, no matter when it's announced. Very cool. In the same way, I'm I'm honestly legitimately stoked for Monster Hunter now. The cool. more the that if you're not familiar, that's the Niantic one. That's the Pokemon Go clone. I played it at SGF after like taking it on a lark of like, well, I like Pokemon Go enough, even though I haven't played it in a long time. Let's see what this one is. And I played it, and now me, you know, I'll be we'll be walking as a family, you know, downtown to get coffee, and I'm like. I could go for hunting a Rathalos right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's just going to be tap, 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 swipe, 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 get the thing, do the thing. I'm stronger. But like, I'll tap on the pile of bones, get my resources. Like, well, like, yeah, like Pokemon Go works for a reason. And as somebody who like is more into the Monster Hunter franchise than he is Pokemon, like I'm like, yeah, all right, well, let's see what this is all about. Greg, I'm so in to Pokemon Go. I know you are. Like, it's becoming an issue. And maybe it's a good issue. It's not really a bad issue, but it's an issue for, for many reasons for me. Because this weekend, all right? I was asleep. I was laying in my bed. Yeah. And I woke up. Do the sound for me. <laughs> I looked at my phone. I was like, oh, man. There's a lot of squirrels out there I got to catch today. Yeah. <laughs> and I went walking for three hours. Oh, my God. To Tim catch Gettys walking. squirrels. I caught hundreds of squirtles, okay? Hundreds of them. Some of them had hats. Yeah. Some of them oh, yeah. had glasses. Big time. Some of them were just squirting around. I got some shinies. I got I like hundreds of these little fuckers. And I'm walking around. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And then, Greg, I took it a step Out further. exercising, walking around. Yeah. I know. I, but, like, I'm also, like, walking around, like, having to be on my phone the entire time, walking down the street like a goddamn Did dupe. you ascend to the point of having a battery pack with you? I didn't need to do that with the power of the iPhone 14 Pro Max 2, whatever the fuck this okay. thing's called. Cool. I was good all day. That was yeah, when I, I knew me and Jen had a problem, when it yeah. would be like, this weekend we're just going to go walk in Golden Gate Park, and I'd pack battery packs so that we could plug it and keep doing it. Yeah. It was great. It's just, it's amazing, man. It, it's made me and Goldfarb connect so much. Uh, the amount of times I'll just be like chilling, and I just get a raid request from him, and I'm like, guess I'm fucking catching gotta, gotta the go. he needs my right help, now. Uh, it's, it, that shit's awesome, but this is me going above and beyond on this. And like, I, guys, I want everyone to understand. I'm ashamed. I'm very ashamed sure. by this. But also, very impressed for myself and excited for a future Tim. So there's uh, levels in this game, right? You can get up to level 50. That's the max. 
Currently, I think I'm like level 32 or something like that. Nothing that impressive, but I'm working my way up, all right? Yeah. Goldfarb's 50. Duh. Of course he is. When you get 50 in-game, you unlock an exclusive bomber jacket for your character. Shit, fuck. That's there the level go. 50 Pokemon go. go bomber jacket. I'm like, you fuck, got it. You got I need it. it. They released it in real life. You could buy the jacket. It was $130 fucking dollars, Greg. I appreciate that it, it was, meaning this is a purchase that's been made. <laughs> this is like, this is the, there was a, you saw the price and you're like, you're like, it's like, as you go to click buy, you're like, I still don't care. Like, this is bullshit, yeah. but you're still hitting Oh, dude, they fucking got me. So I saw this shit and I was just like, oh, is this on sale? $99, now, Tim. Well, fuck. I bought this yesterday. Uh, it, I've never spent this money on a barber jacket. Never even close. Anyway, I bought this shit. Fuck, it's worth it, though. This I know. Cool as shit, it's too. cool. I'm, I'm proud of you. Now, here's the thing, everybody. Here's the, the thing that's, that's crazy about this. Hit, lay it on me. I'm not wearing this until I hit level 50. You know what I mean? I have to earn it. that you jacket. You gotta earn it. We had this conversation did, last night, Tim. Did you get one for Goldfarb, or does he have his own? I did not yet, but I have been considering it. Because so, I don't know if you know, $99. there's a heartbreaking story attached to all this, where, of course, Andrew Goldfarb was my Bucky, and mm-hmm. we played Avengers nightly all the Andrew time, Bucky. and when the world fucking hated Avengers, and nobody cared except me, Tam, Sean, and, the crew, and Fran, the crew we were running with, we made a promise, me and Andrew Goldfarb, uh-huh. of... You know what I'm sick of? All these destiny dorks, all right? That when they finish their raid, they can go get this cool jacket or whatever. And Goldfarb and I said in the September of launch of Avengers, when we do the Avengers raid, we're going to make our own jackets. We're going to make our own jackets. Oh, my God. And then Avengers shit the bed for like two years trying to do any content or whatever. And then I think they eventually released the raid, but we just didn't care anymore. <laughs> we never did it. We never did it. Yeah. So we ne- and now the game's you know all fucked up and stuff. We never. We the never. Game's all fucked up. I I don't even try to keep up. I think it's all it's off, but you can play it. But this thing, but the stuff they're not updating. I don't fucking know. Yeah. I got things going on. I got to keep it I, alive now. But I, we never did it. We never did the jacket thing. Dang man, I love how much jackets and <laughs> Andrew Goldfarb are related. It's a big it's deal. It's surprising. It's good. I like yeah. that. Yeah. One that you guys should figure it out. Maybe an updated version because yeah. I, w- I want to see you guys in matching jackets. Him as your Bucky. Everything about this is perfect yeah. in my mind. Okay. I love it. I really love Maybe it. Maybe now we'll wait for our jackets for Monster Hunter uh, Co-op. No, no, not Monster Hunter Co-op. Uh, Horizon Co-op. Yeah. It could happen. Could happen. Uh, I saw someone in chat telling me that uh, me having to wait till I hit 50 is a bad idea. It's, it's, tell me why. Is it going to be years? <laughs> this, this is, I want to wear my jacket. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll figure that out later. Anyway, story number they four. They might have thought you meant like until you're 50 years old. That is a long time. Yeah. That is a long, a long time. time. It's not as long as you think. No, they're saying years for real. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Years, Tim. Really? <laughs> until you're 50. Huh? Story number four. This is to get your character in Pokemon Go to level 50. Yeah, and I'm at level 30-something, I think. Yeah, I, I remember this. I mean, you got to play. You got to grind. Dude, I, been, I play. I know, I know. I play a but lot, But it's like man. that specific thing. I remember when I was obsessed, and me and Jen were obsessed, and we're playing, and I would talk to Goldfarb, and he'd be doing fucking batshit crazy shit because he's a crazy person, and it would be, yeah, like he would have to. I want to see what level I'm at. I'm so, 34. Uh, C. George says in the chat, when you hit, like, level 44, that is halfway to 50. I'm level 32 right now. You're 32? Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Dude, I'm telling you, like, I played. Yeah. Like, this isn't like, oh, we did it for a weekend. Like, I mean, we fucking played. Yeah. You remember these games cast where I'd be like, I've just been playing Pokemon Go. God, this is insane, man. I have 527 of these fuckers. 
Story number four. I look at it and I'm like, maybe I should do it again, you know. But then I'm like, well, now I got up Monster Hunter now eventually. Yeah, but you don't yet. I don't. Yet. You don't have it. Jane, you're not king. Uh, Oxen Free Two review roundup on Metacritic. That's yeah, a eighty. <laughs> and then I it's at a seven. Uh, Carly uh, Veloci says. While the similarities with its predecessor can make Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals feel too familiar, highlighting a few missed opportunities for expansion of its puzzle mechanics and for fresh world building, it still creates an intimate but epic adventure. The world's built out just enough to feel fresh and to lead you to some unexpected and surprising places. However, its real strengths are its characters. Riley's story is a standout, but she and Jacob come together to form a bond that carries you through to the possibly bitter end. The choice is yours. Six Axis gives it an eight. Uh, Miguel Morin says, there are so many expectations to live up to after delivering the first Oxenfree, but Oxenfree 2 charts its own course, delivering something unlike Night School Studios' previous games. It was sharper horror, more inventive storytelling, and a wider... And, and a variety of systems to keep you engaged through hours of slow and somber small-town exploration. And kind of funny, gave it a four out of five. Janet said... I think Oxen Free 2 Lost Signals is great. I'm jumping right into the score. I'm giving this a four out of five. Great game. I'm not going to lie. I, I consider it the five out of five. I did for a second. I backed away because there are some issues I do have with the overall, I think, um, how they go about introducing certain elements of the narrative. But ultimately, this is a fantastic video game. Um, I loved it. I think they jumped into the supernatural a lot quicker, which sort of helped with the pacing a little bit in a sense because you got into the drama a bit faster. It still has that classic night school dialogue system of allowing you to choose an option or say nothing. There's a lot of freedom in the exploration, both in terms of where you're going within the island and also in terms of how you're interacting with the gadgets that you have. So the main mechanical shtick is that you have um, a radio and Shut up, Janet. <laughs> I no, I'm kidding. Play until eight, but there was no like good break there. So. I, I beforehand when I screened it, I put it in. We don't have a TikTok break out of it yet or anything. Do see? I was like, Barrett, do this, and then just kind of around eight. Yeah, uh, I you know Janet was lead review. She gave it four out of five. I concur. That's what that was my score as well. Great on the kind of funny scale. Uh, correct me here. Oxen free was oxen free. One the little animals in the forest. No. Okay, that well, was thinking not. of night in the woods. Yes. You are. I am. And they were. And they were in a whole town too. They weren't just in a forest. They had jobs in a convenience store and stuff. So I'm, just, I'm dead <laughs> yeah, serious. Yeah, okay, yeah. make sure. Make sure we're on the same page. No, this is you. This was a group of teens lost on an island that were often in the forest. Uh, okay. You had a group of teens yeah. led by uh, Alex, who of course was mourning her brother who had passed away. Uh, and yeah, you went to a party on an island in a tradition, and then guess what? You found out they were like a ghost portal on that island. You had to get out safely or not, you know, in time looped, and you had a whole bunch of stuff. And Oxenfree was very well received. Um, I specifically asked Janet to be lead reviewer on this one, even though I was playing it for review, because Janet loved Oxenfree, the original. I did not. I could never click with it for a number of reasons or whatever. Uh, so I was shocked to find how much I liked Oxenfree 2. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it gets uh, t similar to what Miguel was talking about in the Six Access review. It gets to its point faster so that it is like, okay, this is what we're doing, and then still managed to turn it on its head at one point. And, you know, I talked about it in our review Oxenfree, the original, was this time loop, right? You finished your playthrough, and then you found out, oh my god, it's gonna, it's happening again kind of thing. And then there was a whole new game plus, and yada, yada, yada. This game isn't. Oxenfree 2 is not a time looping game in terms of, like, when you're done, you're done. You start a new save. You start a new story, right? But what I appreciate it is it still feels like it is. Because when I went back into the game, the people you meet on first blush, and I was like, what are you doing? Knowing them from the end of the game, I was like, oh, this is so cool of going... Mm. I... 
I have a problem both with the amount of free time I have and then my dwindling interest of replaying a game. Even a game I love, I'll sit down to replay it and eventually becomes like full, pulling teeth. I'm like, I know what's going to happen. My second playthrough of this was as engaging as the first because I was making different choices, interacting through different dialogue things, finding new shades of the characters, new stories that I hadn't done. And I'm excited to do a third one uh, run back through. So I, I, I really enjoyed this game. Uh, it's, I, sorry if I missed this, but do you think people could jump in just this one? I do. Uh, it is what I t Jan and I had this conversation. And there's no spoilers in the review, and like we said at the top of the show, there is a spoiler cast over on Patreon as a Greg way. Um, I do think you could jump in not having played the first one, but what I recommended uh, is that you go read the Wikipedia synopsis because I did that too, where I was like, "Oh, it's been a lot of years," and again, I didn't do the New Game Plus thing, so I needed it. Was it what was the true ending and all that jazz? Read through that, and then it was like, "Okay, cool." Like I, I felt better about that. Cool. Yeah. Well, check it out. Oxen Free 2, everybody. Uh, story number five, Xbox launches new voice reporting feature. This comes from Dave McCarthy at Xbox. Starting this week, we are releasing a new platform-wide voice reporting feature to Alpha and Alpha Skip Xbox Insiders that gives players the option to capture and report inappropriate in-game voice chats. More specifically, this feature equips Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One players with the ability to capture a 60-second video clip of an in-game voice incident they believe violates our community standards and submit it as evidence to our Xbox safety team for review. This feature is purpose-built to support the broadest arena of in-game interactions between players and works across thousands of games that offer in-game multiplayer chat, including backwards compatible 360 titles. Reactive voice reporting on Xbox is designed to be quick and easy to use with minimal impact to gameplay. The feature is designed so players can capture quickly and jump back into their game and finalize the report when their game is over. Uh, players have full control. You choose what to capture and report. Our feature is designed so that only you, the player, can initiate the capture of the last 60 seconds of gameplay activity that occurred for content moderation purposes. While this feature works similarly to how you capture a game video, any captured clips using the voice moderation feature are only for content moderation purposes. They will not appear in your recent captures, and clips cannot be downloaded, modified, or shared. Only you have access to the clip until you submit it with your report. Xbox is not saving or uploading any voice clips without you, the player, choosing to start the reporting process. The clip lives on your console for 24 online hours, giving you the flexibility to either submit immediately or wait till you're ready. We'll also send you a reminder. Uh, there's a lot of details here. Also, made updates to notifications to players that submitted the report will get a notification. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> cool. This sounds like a good thing overall. Yeah. I feel like in this world that we live in, there's a lot of fear about data and voice recordings and AI and shit. So there's something that makes me go, I don't know about this, but I think that's just the, the scaredy cat in me because this sounds like a good thing. Am I missing something here? I'm sure we are missing something. You and I are never the most, but like, you know, I'm very much in the Kevin camp of put a chip in me. So, like, I have no problem. Yeah, I, I, I do think this is great. Yeah, fuck it. I don't care. Like, everything's listening. Everything's doing it. The whole, the entire goddamn system's rigged. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, if you're being a horrible person on your Xbox, I, I'd like it to be easy to say, oh, this guy used a lot of racial slurs that I think should get bounced. You know what I mean? And, like, there's the evidence. There you go. Of course, you're going to have the thing where stupid kids bait their stupid friends into saying something bad, then report them and get them banned. But, of course... That's always been the case that kids are fucking stupid and they're going to do stupid things and they have to learn the, the consequences mm -hmm. of those actions or whatever. I think it's good. I think it's a good move. I think, it, you know, again, anything that can make on um, there need to be consequences for your actions. And I think for too long there haven't been, which is why things get out of control and get really bad out there. Yeah. So, yes, go ahead and do this and go ahead and make it easier than ever to crack down on people and show them why they're a bunch of assholes. 100%. Have you been to a Whole Foods yet where you can pay with your poem? No. That is like I am the put a chip in me guy like Kevin is, but then we I got there to a Whole Foods and they had the whole thing of like sign up for I think it's Amazon One or whatever 
where it's like you put your palm there and it like scans it and you have to opt in and do a bunch of stuff and tie it to your Amazon like your account. Fingerprints? Just your palm. It's your palm. You put your hand over and that's how you pay. You can pay. With that, there's no chip. There's no nothing. No chip on so you. So it is the prints. I would assume. I, I it's you know I'm checking out at Amazon with a bunch of Pliny the Elder. I don't I love know anything. private companies knowing uh you know my my handprint. That's fucking weird. Let me read. I'm gonna get this for you. Okay. You know the, we always it talk is about one Amazon the yeah. '80s how people were scared of quicksand and shit. Yeah. I feel like uh, growing up in the '90s, like your fingerprints, man. If someone steals your fingerprints, see again though. So I don't and I I don't know. I'm showing uh, Barrett. If I'll I'll put it in here and I'm gonna read from it, but I'll drop it into KFGD. Barrett Langley says you pay with your soul, but it's not it's not your fingerprints. It's just the palm of your hand, which I you know whatever. Here we go though. Uh, meet Amazon oh, One. One scan does it all. Amazon One simplifies everyday interactions. It's free, contactless service. That lets you use your palm to pay, enter, or identify yourself. A quick and easy way to make a payment, enter a venue, blah, 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 sign up once, then use whatever Amazon, then use wherever Amazon One is available. You're in control. You choose when and where to use your palm. How does Amazon One work? Your hands, your hands are uniquely yours. Your palm is made up of tiny, distinct features on and below the surface. Many are indiscernible to the human eye or the standard camera. The Amazon One device is designed to read them. In seconds, the process of proprietary imaging and computer vision algorithm captures and encrypts your palm image. To create your unique palm signature, Amazon One uses uh, the information embedded in your palm to create a unique palm signature that it can read each and every time you use it. Why use the palm? Your palm consists of multiple... It's uniqueness, of course. No two palms are alike and features. Well, it's ease of use. Amazon One is capable of recognizing your palm in seconds and no need to touch anything once you've enrolled. This really couldn't be easier. And it's private, of course, it says. Your palm is pers- is a pr- your, pro- your palm is a personal part of you and you alone decide when to hover it and when to keep it private. You don't know that. <laughs> what I, the f- I'm going to be chopping off hands and buying yeah, everything yeah, for you there. The world's a weird place, Greg. Security measured by our standards. <laughs> Customer trust is our top priority. Well, it's like, Jen, I saw it and then forgot to tell Jen because I was picking something up in a hurry. And then she went there days later. She's like, did you see that there was like an episode of Black Mirror happening inside of Amazon? And I was like, yeah, I did. I didn't do it, but whatever. I didn't do it. <laughs> I want to, but I don't. I'm scared. I'm scared. It's fucking weird, dude. But won't it be cool to be? Uh, <laughs> yeah, in like a fucking science fiction movie. Not in real life, man. Customer trust is our top priority. We treat your palm signature just like other highly sensitive personal data and keep it safe using best-in-class technical and physical security. I just want my ID on my phone. Can somebody figure that out in California? Yeah, that, that I do agree with. I love, I, and that's the thing is, I like tapping with it's my phone. Great. To tap, pay. tap, tap. So that yeah, I should just be able to have all my my uh, yeah my driver's license on there. I got my insurance card on there. I got yeah. my boarding passes on there. Yeah, I got my Bay Area Discovery Museum pass on there. Hell yeah, you hell yeah, love that place. Uh, story number. What's up with Trainsound not having some kind of subscription service? You know, <laughs> I love how often you go there. Do you know where Ben is right now? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. God, that kid lives the best <laughs> life. Story number six. Uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted remake is coming next year. Voice actor claims this comes from Jordan Midler at VGC. Uh, a remake of Need for Speed Most Wanted is coming next year. Uh, claimed by a voice actor. In a sense, deleted social media posts. <laughs> That's, oh, yeah, hold, hold on, hold on. Because I, I didn't get a, we're lot. We're working real hard over here. You know what I mean? So hold on. So I'm going to bring the microphone closer. I don't know if you hear it. This is a video of the nanny scent that they are opening the door at Train Town. This is how much my son loves Train Town. <laughs> this kid's freaking out in the seat. He's stoked. Where are we Ready are? to go. Yay. Are you excited? Yay. Uh. <laughs> I love best. it. I love Look at him on the so carousel much, right man. there. 
You Dude, know what I mean? I legitimately I need to it's gonna be a disaster, but I need to go through my old photo albums because there's countless pictures of me, Kevin, and Cool Greg as little kids and in train town on these same trains. While we're talking about train town, while we're here. Sonoma's train town of uh-huh. wine country. It's you know, it, 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 bring up anything you want about train town right now. Uh it's a little train that you know parents and kids ride on through a little like a uh, diorama thing, and then they got some rides and stuff, but whatever. There might have been a best friend there. This weekend that saw us pulling out and tried to like, uh, I was driving and like, I was, you know, I just got Ben in the car. We're driving. Jen wants to go up the road to Dutch brothers coffee or whatever. And like, we got, we're, I'm trying to get on the road or whatever. And as I looked over, there was a person who matched a kind of funny best friend description. You know what I mean? He looks like one of us. We can identify one of our kids. And he was with his girlfriend or wife or whoever. And like, he had this smile and kind of did a wave, but I was like, I'm, I was like, and I get like the head nod and drive down the street. And Jen was like, I think it was a fan. And I was like, Oh, I, I, I was so in the moment of not running the man over and not getting in a car accident. I was like, maybe it was because we talk about train town a lot. You know, we're there a lot. Yeah. There it is. Train town. There right it there. is. And this is Look somewhere you went all the time. because I was kid. obsessed with trains, dude. Me and Ben, very similar people. Might Do be you, a time loop, actually. Can you? Maybe I was going to say, I was going to say like, uh, it, well, not that part. Like, we talked about that <laughs> a date night the other night. Uh, more the fact of like, I like how I'm like, oh, you did this too because you're a Bay. My kid's a Bay Area kid. You know, I know. what I mean? My oh, kid's yeah. a Bay Area. Oh yeah, He's a San dude. Francisco native. I love wow. it, baby. Let's go. Uh, yeah, Need for Speed. Uh, in a sense, lead a social media post, which you can read below. Uh, Simon Bailey, who voiced the character in the original game, claimed that a remake's in the works due to be released 2024. Uh, they post. Uh, they tagged Criterion Games, seemingly suggesting the EA Studios involved in the project. It's worth noting Bailey's likely referring to the 2005 Need for Speed Most Wanted, in which she appeared, not the version that was released in 2012. EA announced in uh, February 2020 that it had handed Need for Speed uh, development duties back to Criterion as it planned to restructure Ghost Games, which had made the previous four entries in the racing series. Uh, and then IGN... That's it. Yeah. So, very excited for this. Uh-huh. I'm a big fan of Most Wanted. I don't know why they won't just give me Underground, though, Greg. Like, at this point, everything I've wanted in my life has just been given to me. And I'm so happy to see the year of dreams turn into the decade of the dreams. Decade just of turn dreams. into the generation of dreams. All right? Can't get away from them. How do we not have NBA Street Volume 2 back? That, the fact that EA Big in general. I just don't get it, Greg. It's, it's just, it's so close. It's you so hope close. that that Kaepernick football game they did all the previews for that's like the more like a backyard football game. I forget the name of it. I apologize, everybody. Uh, kind of funny.com slash wrong. Uh, you hope that that does well and then does the, oh, man, we should get back on doing fun sports games that aren't just sim games. Yeah. And then Need for Speed Underground, there's just like there's a cult following around. And, and yo, Most Wanted's great. Arguably better. Like, I understand. But I'm just like, yo, we're getting so close. Anyway, excited for this. Like that it's a remake. Like that it, I believe that this is happening. And I like that it's the 2005 one, not the, the other one that came out. That was fine during the 360 era. Uh, and then do you have any thoughts on this? Do you care at all? No, I'm not, a, I'm not yeah. that guy. It, they're very cool games. Uh, still, and then uh, another leak thing here. IGN tweets, a LinkedIn post from a Ubisoft marketing employee has listed Assassin's Creed codename Red, the upcoming game taking the series to Japan as, quote, the biggest blockbuster for 2024. Cool. I don't think this is like much news. Like, obviously, you're going to try to hype yourself up on your LinkedIn. So, like, regardless of the scale of this game, it's Assassin's Creed. They're going to say that. I don't think that this necessarily means that it's going to be bigger than any of us expect. Oh, no, 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 no. You you miss it. You miss it. The news is 2024. Not that they think it's going to be a big game. Yeah, yeah. It's more the fact that they haven't confirmed a a time frame for that one. Mm -hmm. So, you hope 
I, I would hope. I, I'm looking forward to that Assassin's Creed. Yeah. But I won't hold my breath either because we know the games get delayed mm-hmm. uh, long before they're announced. So, or, you know, our release dates announced. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, there we go. And then story number seven, closing a loop from yesterday. There's a question, Greg. Yep. And that question is, is Diablo 4 coming to Game yeah, Pass? Yeah, we had a conversation yesterday about, okay, well, the deal's over. What does that mean for Game Pass? What does that mean for all the Activision Blizzard games? Mike Barra, Blizzard president, straight up says, this is not happening. Fair enough. Thank you. There we go. That's where we're at, everybody. Greg? Yeah. Do you believe it? Do you believe Diablo 4 will never come to Game Pass? He didn't say never. Yeah. yeah, we're talking about it recently and soon, and I, I do believe it's not coming right now, mm-hmm. but it will be eventually. Eventually, but eventually, Greg, is so far away. If I want to know what's coming to Mom and Grab Shops today, where the hell would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. do 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 yeah. Ton of stuff out today. Rain World, uh, Test Drive... Unlimited TDU Connect is coming out. Wow. Um, the Bug Snacks coming to iOS. Ooh. Awesome Free 2. Lost Signals is out. Uh, Barrett, get hype, baby. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Wave 5 is out. So I know Ooh. what my night plans are. Um, and today is the end date of the Pokemon Go 7th anniversary party. So a lot of Pokemon Go talk today. Uh, I got to catch some squirts, everybody. Got to catch some squirts. And then uh, Sea Horizon is out. Um, Strike Force Kitty. Mord Howe. <laughs> And Mr. Carr and the Knights Templar is a movie coming to Netflix. And uh, that's it for the games there, Greg. Good games, everybody. Yeah. Um, oh, and also, <laughs> this new website has TV stuff, so I'm getting distracted here. After Party Season 2 came out on Apple uh, TV+. Plus. Me and G watched the first two episodes. Fantastic. If you aren't watching the show, go watch Season 1. It's so good. Another shout-out, Apple TV+. Plus. Killing the game over there. Okay. Um, then let's do a little deals of the day. PlayStation Plus game catalog and classics for July have been announced, all available Tuesday, July 18th. Uh, PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium game catalog looks like this. We got It Takes Two, Sniper Elite, there's a lot here, Sniper Elite 5, Snow Runner, World War Z, The Ascent, Undertale, SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for Bikini Bottom, aka BFBB, uh, Melty Blood Type Lumina, uh, Dismantle. Dismantle, a game I really enjoyed on Steam Deck. That was a Brian Altano recommendation, kind of living through the zombie apocalypse kind of thing. I'm, I, I don't know if I will, but it, it'd be fun to t- jump in there and get some trophies. Of course, Barrett showing Undertale, which he loves. Uh, Circus Electrique, Dynasty Warriors 9, uh, Samurai Warriors 5, My Little Pony, Fast and Furious. Uh, Monster Jam, and then PlayStation Premium Classics, Gravity Crush Portable, Twisted Metal 1, Twisted Metal 2. Got to get ready for the series. Hey, I think I might play through Twisted Metal 2 when it comes uh, next week. I'd want to play it now. You know what I mean? Sure, I don't know. I'm going to remember. So, someone remind me on July 18th to play Twisted Metal 2. Make a note. Thank you. Uh, it's Prime Day, so we get a smattering of deals over from GameSpot here. Octopath Traveler 2 gets a big, big ass discount over on these Prime. Just, yeah, these are, I looked at GameSpot and they had so many headlines. I'm like, I'll copy some of these to remind everybody it's Prime Day, but we're not going to go through every one of them. You can get the Mario movie at a nice discount. Returnal for PS5 is $30. So that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. And then Sackboy, A Big Adventure, is only $20 at Best Buy. Um, and Big Bad Beluga says the KF favorite backbone controller, PlayStation or Xbox version, is on sale on Prime right now, down to $69 from the usual oh, nice. 99 So check it out. We all love it. It's a great product. They're quaking in their boots, though, because guess what's coming? Project Q. 
Is it Quee Q? Just Project Q? Q. Project Q. Quee. I'm getting more and more excited. Quee. Quee. <laughs> um, how are we looking on your wrong, Greg? We're looking great on your wrong. Uh, there's just... Uh, get the text alert. There, well, now somebody put in a bunch. But uh, Impossibilium said a minor clarification. FX doesn't need to make a deal with Hulu to stream their shows. FX was owned by Fox, which partially owned Hulu. Then Disney bought Fox, so Disney fully owns Hulu and is why here in Canada, where Hulu doesn't exist, all FX shows begin on Disney+. Plus. I asked, uh, of course, for the Kaepernick thing. A bunch of people wrote in to say it's called Wild Card Football. Um, oh, and then another correction here that Rain World came out in 2017. The Downpour DLC is what came out on consoles today. Hell yeah. Um, this week's host... Tomorrow, we got Greg and me, and then Friday, we're having some fun. Stella and Greg. That's right. I'm excited. Haven't seen her. Is she coming in? She's coming in. Hell yeah. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, If you're watching live, we're about to do the KFGD post show, and then after that, the crew's playing some Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and some of the ideas I've heard them talking about, I'm like, this is about to be an amazing... They've been crushing it on the streams, Greg. They have. And uh, I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but they're working real hard out there, trying to uh, do some out-of-the-box things and like different stuff than what we're used to, and I feel like you can totally see it in the... Like the value, uh, the production value of what's going Yesterday's on. Yesterday's stream was awesome. Hilarious. The, fly, the Microsoft Flight Sim. Again, remember this week we're doing the experiment where the streams are packaged with Games Daily on YouTube. So you need to click on it and then scroll up. But yeah, Mike had a heart attack and Blessing had to come in and land the plane. And I was hysterically laughing. Me too. It. it was so freaking funny. Mike did not so, have a real heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> go go check it out to, to find out for yourself. Also, to promo a little bit later, like essentially if you want a more analog version of crowd control, but for Tears of the Kingdom, you're going to want to stick around for that stream. Yeah. So please do, because it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, uh, but this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through all the video game news that you need to know. Until next time, I love you all. Goodbye. And now it's time. Whoa, I haven't done it with him back there yet. This is kind of cool. What's up, Mike? Oh, we don't hear right, Mike. He's muted for now. You're, mu- you're muted, Mike. Mew, mew. Mew, mew, Mike, Mike. Hello, can you hear me? We oh, hear you yes. now. I'm back, baby. What the heck is going on? Kind of funny, best friends. It's your guy, Snowbike Mike, back again for another Kind of Funny Games Daily Super Chat section where I join you two incredible show hosts and we dive a little bit deeper into the news we answer your burning questions like today's question that comes in from the twitch chat my good friend dr terminus writes in with the prime gaming sub for 32 months and says greg groceries were getting low i had to had i had to have the forbidden sandwich bacon and peanut butter oh i'm here for a good time not a long time y'all <laughs> greg bacon and peanut butter yay or nay i've never done it before I've never, I've never heard, heard of it before. it before. I'm not so, against it, though. Yeah, that's the thing where I initially, ah, and then I'm like, well, I guess salty and, and yeah. peanutty. It sounds kind of good. No, I, don't, I wouldn't go that far, but I wouldn't do it. I would rather have a peanut butter sandwich with a side of bacon. Sure. It's all going to end up in the same place anyways. I know, know but you get I mean? a different yes, flavor yes. P- profile as you go. You know, yeah, that's yeah. pretty important, I think. If it doesn't get all over the place. It oh, doesn't Jesus, belong in your God face. This shit again. Love that, Tim. I love that, Tim. I would take a piece of bacon... Swipe it into some peanut butter, give it a try. Why yeah. not? All right, let's, make some, too well, bad. let's make some bacon and get a loaf of Let, bread and peanut let's butter. Let's give that you know a I mean? try. Bake it up. Of course, 
Kind of Funny Best Friends, we're back for another fun Super Chat segment. You can get involved whether you're watching live on YouTube and or Twitch. Don't forget, if you Super Chat on YouTube, you'll get your questions, comments, concerns read live here on the show. And of course, if you're watching over on Twitch, you can resubscribe at the Tier 1 through 3 level or use the new feature, the Hype Chat feature, just like one of our best friends just did. Of course, the Zakalak writes in Zach-a-lack! with the $1 hype chat and says, hashtag free Mike. I thought we went over this already. Tim, get me out of this box. Get me out of this virtual box and let me ne- sit next to you again. I miss your face. I, I mean, you can um, do whatever, y'all can do whatever you want, we're, man. We have we're a whole going studio back here. You got to stick, to the Mike. Twitch chat. Uh, the Big Tuna writes in with the Tier 1 sub for three months and says, hey, Tim. I got my girl. My girlfriend bought me the purple version of this past year. Great jacket, Tim. So I guess they have a purple jean jacket oh, like yours. Oh, cool, cool, cool. I want to get a white one and a black one. Okay. Yeah. Just letting you all know. Greg, where do you fall on jean jackets? Have you started wearing one yet? Where? What do you think? No, I'm not a jacket guy. You know, like I, I have a few some good ones though. Yeah, Jen bought me some good ones. You know what I mean yeah. for like bomber jackets for that E three I did, then ruined E three and killed it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. but it's like in general, like I, I mean, I'm a sweatshirt You're a crew guy. neck guy. Yeah, I'm a crew neck guy. Yeah. I'm a suit guy, shirt and tie guy for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not a hey, let's go do the jacket thing. I like that. Oh, well, Barrett Scott. Barrett yeah. Scott. Yeah, yeah. Go. Barrett. Oh. Cool. I like your little pigeon guy dark too. Denim. Yeah, I look at this thing on the back of Barrett like so many times a day. Mm-hmm. It, it brings me joy. Whatever. What's his name? Petey? Petey Pablo. Hank, uh, Hank, Hank the Pigeon. I like Hank. Hank makes me happy. <laughs> uh, speaking about jackets, Gary the Third writes in with Gary the Tier Third. 1 sub for 61 months and says Tim should get into Destiny and get the new jacket every time a raid comes out. Tim, Seems have like you thought work. about getting the raid jackets? So wait, wait. Are the jackets real or is it just in-game jackets? No, the no. Jackets they're real. Are 100% God, that's real. fucking cool, man. Barrett, can you pull up a couple of the jackets? Can we show some jackets of the Destiny Raid jackets out here? That's really cool, man. But I I might need to rethink this Pokemon Go situation. Maybe, how how long will it take me? How hard will it be for me to get to 40 from 34? Let's call it. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, good. We need to call the Farb. These are some fire jackets, Tim. Look at the inside of this when it opens up. Yeah, man, this is cool. Scroll one more photo over. Look at that, Barrett. Look at the inside. Show them the inside. Oh. Oh, we're calling people now. Yep. Hello. Hello. You're on Kind of Funny Games Daily. How are you, Andrew Goldfarb? I'm good. How are you? Good. This is a simple question. Tim wants to get... Tim bought the Pokemon bomber jacket for Pokemon Go. He says he doesn't Mm -hmm. want to wear it until he hits level 50. But then everyone in the chat flipped out and said that will take you years to do. So now we're yeah, just trying to we're trying to lessen it. He's at thirty four, mm-hmm. and he wants to know how long it'll take him to get to forty. I think it won't be too bad. Forty was the original level cap, so he's still hitting like he's still sort of beating the game if he does it that way. Um, mm. uh, yeah, when you hit level fifty in game, that's how you get the bomber jacket. So you can't get it without hitting fifty. Yeah, so we're aware of that, but now we're asking how six levels he's got to go up from thirty four all the way up to uh, forty. Yeah, he he that'll t- he could probably do that if he's playing a lot. He could do that in like less than a month, I think. Oh shit! Okay, okay, okay. great. Because Gold Farm, I bought the jacket in real life. Oh my god! <laughs> and I, and I don't want to wear it until I hit level fifty, but that seems not cool. So I'm gonna do level forty, everybody. 
Sounds good. That's I, fair. I, I believe in you. Greg, we still have to get our Avengers jackets. We talked about that on the show, the heartbreak of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not even sure we can still do it. Can we even still do it? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. All right. Well, we'll talk about it later. All right. Bye, Goldfarb. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Fucking love that guy. What a good the guy. The chat's saying he's wrong. <laughs> the chat's saying there's no fucking way. I assure you, Goldfarb is not wrong. I, I, I kind of like this, though, because I want it to be a, a, a fun grind for me to wear my real jacket. Sure. But 40, 40 feels important. We'll put it on 40, everybody. You okay put with it that, on Mike? 40. Put it on 40, Tim. Good. Uh, you know what? We are getting a lot of support over on the Twitch chat right now, and they're taking advantage of the new hype chat feature, just like one. Tina Narvaez Jr. writes hey, in and says, hey. if we're talking clothes, have any of y'all made the switch to five-inch inseam shorts? Just got Ray into them. I don't, I don't Tim, know. That's a are you a shorts thing. guy yet? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not a shorts guy. I love shorts at home, and any chance I get, yeah, the lower Mike, the inseam, the better. get off that chair right now. <laughs> God damn it. Look at that. I'm in this room. I can do whatever I want. No, I'm going to come in there. I'm going to run over there. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the short shorts. 100%. Five inch sounds long to me. Oh, long. No, I'm joking. Oh, right. okay. Can you go shorter than five inch? I feel like that's getting dangerous. <laughs> uh, I'm going to look into it. We're going to try out some five inch uh, shorts in here. Thank you, Tina, for writing in. Just also like Tina, or just like DJ Kento, <laughs> y'all ever had Elvis's fried peanut butter and banana sandwich? Shit goes hard. Greg Miller, you ever had that? I never have, no. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I, not that specific thing, but banana and peanut butter sandwiches. Oh my god, my whole body yeah. just got wet thinking about that. Jesus. Dance floor Christ. demon, resubscribe, but the Prime Gaming stuff for seventy-eight months. Says fuck, Mary, kill, Jesus. bongos, almost kiss, geostorm podcast wheel spins. All right. Well, I would kill almost kiss because we kill almost kiss. When someone pointed out, yo, <laughs> it's not cool. <laughs> that you guys are doing it. Because you're not afraid of kissing each other. But if someone showed up, they would think you're all like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, no, we love kissing each other. So kill that. And then uh, I would, I'd fuck bongos and then marry Geostorm Podcast. Geostorm Podcast. I got a fuck podcast, baby. The disaster cast. You got to love that shit. The song. I can get down to that song. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh-oh. Okay. Was. Oh, oh wait i was trying the, i get the it. intro it was labeled geostorm podcast and then played the kind of funny podcast intro. yeah no 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 no, no 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 play it play it oh oh I fucking love us so much. The fake out. <laughs> Y'all need to go watch the disaster cast if you haven't already. But yeah, the screen in front of us like totally dimmed to black. And for some reason, it felt like the entire studio shut down. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah, so so it, it, I didn't realize how much light it gave off over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, keeping it going with more fun. Pondre writes in. Pondre! Wants to know. Will we be getting a Final Fantasy 16 spoiler cast? Tim, the people have spoken. They're screaming from the streets. When will you discuss this video game? Because it could be game of the year. I, I want to so bad. I, I got a couple spoiler casts that I want to get scheduled. It's just hard with the amount of things going on. And 
the biggest thing for me is I don't have enough people that have beat Final Fantasy 16 yet that I want to talk to about this game with that kind of funny. So I'm waiting on Andy for sure. So we're definitely not getting it till at least Andy's beating the game. Even then, we got to figure out some things. I'm working on some stuff with the back end, but I don't know if it's going to happen. But I'm trying my best. I appreciate your, your effort. To, mm-hmm. You're trying. I love that. Z VGM writes in on Twitch. Tim, you and Bless have been tagged in a very important Sonic-related video on Twitter. Please check your Twitter. While Tim does that, we will now look over on the YouTube chat because YouTube is also popping off right now. Just like my good friend Chief. Chief Keith writes in and says, Halo Infinite has dropped a Halo 3 8v8 playlist on Halo 3 maps. Will y'all pick up Halo again or is a Battle Royale the only thing that will get y'all back in? Greg? Is Halo 3 8v8 playlist peaking your interest? Not, the, not a fucking chance. Get out of here. Why are you even asking me? I'm making moves over here. Do you know what I'm building right now, Mike? Tell me. I am on a little website called Instacart where okay. I'm ordering a frying pan, yes. bacon, bread, and peanut butter. Yes! And I'm going to make you, while you're live, a little bacon peanut butter sandwich, Mike, and you're going to see how you like it. I'm in, Greg. I'm freaking in, this. Greg. We got, we got the grill. I got the flame. I'm <laughs> all set. Holy shit, dude. Oh, oh, okay, okay. This is going to be wild. Okay, I like that. Uh, I will answer that. Of course, this has piqued my interest. I will jump back into it. Will it become something where it takes over my day-to-day gameplay? Probably not, but I do love going seeing the old-school Halo 3 maps and game modes. So one flag CTF on Zanzibar. Count me in, big dog. Let's keep it going. My good friend CJ writes in and says, do you think the Twisted Metal TV show would be better received if they had gone for a dark drama? Do you think the rumored game will be like the show, Tim Geddes? It's complicated. I mean, look, the reality is Twisted Metal, the show, it's goofy. It's silly that it's happening and like all of that, right? I am legitimately a huge Twisted Metal fan and I have been since the beginning. And I loved it when it was goofy and the the PlayStation games would have just their silly as hell cutscenes and like uh, just JPEGs of the stories in the beginning, middle and end. And I loved the dark, twisted, twist metal black. Um, we're saying motherfucker in a video game. Yeah. We're edgy as hell type stuff for what that uh, meant at the time. I feel like that style, though, did not hold up. And the moment the PS3 game came out, it it didn't feel right anymore it didn't feel edgy and pushing things forward it felt kind of like cringy and bad and um i think that that's a delicate balance that in 2023 i don't know that you can get across that dramatic side unless they did they went full on in we're like yo we're gonna take this very seriously and like make these stories really matter because there's a lot of that in black like i will defend black being a product of its time but being a good product of its time and um so i think that the comedy angle they're going with with this show i haven't seen it yet and like being completely honest everything i am seeing from it i'm like fuck man like i wish it wasn't like this but i hope that i hope that it comes through like 100 we'll, we'll fucking see 100 i hope i laugh i haven't laughed so far but like i love the the idea of it just being a goofy ass story could work for them i don't know it's gonna so anyways why are they making a Twisted Metal show? I think that's the biggest question. Uh, will I be watching it? 100% yes. Now, here's my thing. is If it's, will you see it through no matter what? And it's totally fair to say no. Like My thing is I want to, because yeah. I want to do a screencast breakdown for, or like conversation. Sure. Um, but I, I don't, I also don't want to ask anyone here to watch it. So, 
You know what I mean? We'll have to see. My other thing too is I don't. Blessing, I want more details on the. What's up? Blessing's very excited yeah, about. Blessing's it. really excited. So it could be a one. -on -one I don't know where the bit chat. ends and the reality begins with. I, I don't. I, I the point I lost it from him too. Where for me it's definitely a bit, but I'm also a hundred percent in. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I love Twisted Metal. I just don't actually have faith in the show. Um, but my biggest thing is the runtime of like it's ten episodes, I think, and I want to know how close to the episodes are, are they to twenty minutes. Gotcha. Like, I don't know if I'm in for ten forty minute episodes. Sure, 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 show. sure. Um, but Mike, our order's confirmed. I'll have you a bacon sandwich while you're left. Woo! For this. Um, the Let's the Sonic it. thing that that they tweeted at me. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is real. I really hope that it's real. It's Times Square, like Times like, Square. The, the one of the cams, like the you know you can like just watch yeah, yeah. street cams or whatever. And it's the one of the Times Square uh, LED walls is the Sonic Adventure Two, um, like. Robot or Sonic Adventure One, I think. Robotnik taking over Times Square, giving a speech <laughs> type thing, like you know they always do in yeah, movies. Yeah. It's just like fucking just on loop playing up there. <laughs> so huh. I don't know what's going on, but I guess I like it. New Eyes writes in and says, "With custom characters, who do y'all make? I usually make my girlfriend, but I'm bad at gaming, so I keep watching her die, and it gets a little awkward." Jesus. <laughs> Greg Miller, I know you are. You get deep in the character customizer, even though you usually tend to lean towards the same people. But who do you make, Greg? For me, a character creator, I let it speak to me. Speak to you. I jump in there, usually do a little random roll, click on it. I never make myself. It's very rare that I'm like, I want to be myself in a game. I just don't do it. I think the last time of note that I made a Greg outside of like a wrestling game where you want to have a wrestling game, uh, would have been like Fallout 76 where I'm like, oh, this is an RPG. It'd be fun to be myself, yada, yada, yada. But usually I'll jump in and see what inspires me. And often it's Taylor Swift. I come up with a Taylor Swift character that's, you know, DC Universe Online, you know, Fallout 4, you name it. I go in and do something like that. Uh, but then, of course, I will also oftentimes make Jen my wife. And that's who I'm playing as in Diablo right now, my main character. I'm excited for the season next week. I'll see who I get inspired to go create there. I typically do that as well, uh, especially for Pokemon. I always like to make Alyssa in, uh, in the Pokemon world. Yep, that's what I did in Pokemon too. Yeah. And Pokemon as well. Yeah, I, for some reason I've said this before, but like I've always gravitated towards female characters in games. Like it dates back to Mario Two. Like I would yeah. always choose Peach, and like I was really into that for some reason. I I typically like the like nimble, faster ones, and they typically like the ninja character. And yeah, typically yeah. Uh, the, the female of the cast. Um, so I've always gravitated towards that. And so, yeah, I always, uh, make a female character. Like, I don't know why, but like, that's just kind of been it. And then ever since, uh, G's been in the picture, it's always Gia, which just gives me that like level of connection with her to like, it's one more opportunity for conversation when she's like, like, Oh, how's the game you're playing? Like she'll like, when her, the character looks like her, I can like get her a little bit more engaged in it. And so the conversation's not as surface level and like i find that she connects with the the, the content a little bit more cool. and she'll be like like oh like what's gia up to or whatever yeah. so it's Same like with Alyssa, she's like Where, where's my team at like how am i pokemon doing kind of stuff yeah. yeah that's fun and uh tyler's new group says girl characters also have better clothes and cosmetics usually i totally agree there too so it's mm -hmm. like yeah I, I firmly am on that side and the other thing is i know this is the dumbest goofiest thing for me to say but i struggle to make characters actually look like me <laughs> I know oh, that sure. there's it's like I know I am the most generic fucking dude and it's like easy to like look at even the default on the creator characters and be like that's just Tim that's yeah. just Tim it's like why can't I choose what way my I hair like, part goes I feel like I have a similar thing where it's like I almost feel like I have a self-faced blindness where I don't know how to like <laughs> like yeah. make my, where I'm like I don't know what my features are you know it's it's fucking weird yeah 
No. I used to be a randomized type of guy, and then, of course, I embraced Steve's the source. But I will say this. I'm going to make the announcement right now. Wow. Ladies Starfield, and gentlemen, we have a Snowbike Mike announcement. Snowbike Mike Your announcement. Here we go. Snowbike Mike will ditch Steve's for the incredible Bethesda RPG. And I'm going to go explore the galaxy as one man. A man of adventure. A man of curiosity. A man of much knowledge. Nigel Thornberry is who my new character will be Let's from go. this point forward, baby. I'm exploring the galaxy with Nigel Thornberry. Holy uh, so it should shit. be a good time. <laughs> I love you so much, Mike. I did not see that coming, and that is going to be yep. incredible be content. Time. The adventures of Nigel Thornberry. What have we done? <laughs> Smashing. Uh, Toki Fun writes in and says, Denmark, Nutella, and bacon sandwiches isn't really uncommon. Well, mm-hmm. we're going to try one right now, so get ready with it. The Nutella, um, yeah. Bacon, wow, that's interesting. Brian Murphy writes in and says, Video Game History Foundation claims that 87% of video games released before 2010 are no longer commercially available. Do you think Sony, etc., have a duty to maintain access to these materials? Thoughts, Greg Miller? We talked about this a bit yesterday on Kind of Funny Games Daily. This was one of our new stories there. Um, I don't think it's Sony. I mean, like... No, I don't know. I'm, you know, such a, I, I'm a, I'm a product of consumerism and capitalism, right? So I don't see it. I mean, it's how it's always been, right? That like, not every game is backwards compatible. Not every, I mean, we're talking every, as long as I've been in video games, if I didn't hold on to my Sega Master System, there's some game I can't play there, right? So it's so hard to separate like how that's problematic, what we should do about it, who it is. I don't turn to Sony Xbox and them and go, you have to do this. I think it's, if Xbox is trying with backwards compatibility, they're doing that and seeing if that moves the needle. But again, I think for the overwhelming majority of people, they don't care. The old games, old game is old and it exists in a Let's Play. It exists in a YouTube video. Da, da, da. Like, Are you going to go back and play those things? It, it doesn't keep me awake at night. I'm, exci- I'm happy that there's people that it is a passion for, that they do want to chase, that they want to make sure it's there for. I love the Video Game History Foundation. I talked up yesterday the uh, Grab Bag Magazine thing I used to do with them. You could still do. I just unsubscribed because the finances of, you know, you go and you give them the money. You get a random EGM or Game, uh, game Informer so from cool. the old histories. I loved it. I loved it. Um, so, yeah, it's like a weird one that I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. If every video game was digitally available and yada, yada, yada. But then I also, I know the diminishing returns on that of how many people would play the random ass Sega master system game that I'm thinking of. That isn't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I do think that this kind of ties back to one of the stories we had earlier in the the main show of uh, Evan Wells retiring, where it's like we're seeing the first wave of games industry people retire because it's still a new industry, all things considered. And I think that we're getting to a point now uh, with the, the big three of Nintendo, Xbox, and PlayStation, where we're seeing them uh, really uh, get into different aspects of gaming and like to really yeah. like start caring about things that they probably should have been caring about since day one, but just the state of how big video games are now, I think that now is the time for everybody to look around and be like, we need to do something about this. And like, they need to be the ones to do it in the same way that we always talk about the standardizing that PlayStation has been doing of PlayStation Studios having all the accessibility options and um, all their teams kind of like putting out their projects and it almost feels like they're learning and growing from each other step by step by step on that. And then everyone, Microsoft's doing an amazing job too, all that stuff. But um, I feel like, that is all stuff that needs focus and needs uh, needs to be 
cared about and or else it just doesn't happen but the moment that they're doing it it's standardized everyone's thinking about it that way i think that the, the game preservation is a very similar thing where yeah it might not be the most worth it investment but i do think that it is a, a very important investment and i think that they look at it that way even if it's not financial they just look at it as like important for the industry overall again as important and as big of a priority as acquiring every other company in the world no but i think that the with this you get that type thing so I don't know. I know it's not on anybody, but I feel like they're the only ones that can do it. And I expect that more is going to be done than less. I don't think everything's going to be done, but yeah. I like that a lot, guys. Uh, three games come to my mind as of recent where I wish I could still play them, right? And one of them I'm kind of lucky on because Steam allows you still to play Gotham City Imposters, oh, right? God. And I love that game. Mind you, there's only three other kids playing it, but I love that I can still play it. But Daniel Dwyer had a great no-clip documentary about one of my favorite childhood games that I wish I could still play, which is Black and White. That mm. came out of Lionhead Studios, which is like the god sim with uh, really big mythical animals. Loved that game. And then last night, I really wanted to play the original Sims, Sims 1, but I have no way of playing that. So, you know, bring back old games. Old games are old, and I like old games. I like you're out there stumping for a game. IGN.com gave a seven. Greg Miller's verdict <laughs> on Gotham City Imposters was, Gotham City Imposters is a functional shooter with a sense of yep. humor and a Batman license. It's got plenty to unlock, but it's not all that deep. Go, shoot, win. Over and over. If you're looking for a first-person shooter that doesn't take itself seriously, have at it, but don't expect a FPS revolution. Oh, God, I love it. What a game. I love the Shout history you have. Yeah, you're the best, Greg. Uh, coming in, we got a couple more questions, and then we got to get out of here. So let's run through them. Ruben Gomez writes in and says, Tim, is it true that two-turned Tony of TikTok fame is our next Bachelor? No, it's not. I love it, though. Yo, but it's kind of crazy, though, right? I wish. He put out this uh, fake image of him that looked like he was going to be yeah, the Bachelor. Yeah, yeah. That's not how the Bachelor works, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's that would be incredible, but not yet. Um, Fifth writes in and says, how do you praise Phil saying that Xbox is bringing more games to more players while making many Bethesda titles exclusive that would have been on PlayStation 5, Greg Miller? So how do I praise Phil for yep. making... Oh, here it is. How do I praise Phil for making bring, Xbox bring more games to more players while making Bethesda titles exclusive that would have been on PlayStation 5? Well, again... We're talking mm -hmm. about game preservation and backwards compatibility, which, mm -hmm. again, as we just talked about, nobody gives a flying fuck about and doesn't make you money. So the fact that they're doing something about that is what I'm praising. Uh, in terms of why am I pra why would I praise them in the same breath as the company that uh, went and bought Bethesda games? Well, I'd praise them by the same thing, that if they didn't, Bethesda could go away, and then all those licenses and IPs would go to hell, which is why we can't have so many N64 games backwards compatible and stuff like that. Like... You can sit here and be a Sony fucking pony and be mad about the fact Ponies. that they, they bought Bethesda and they're doing this exclusive things, but they're still going through and protecting that and still making that and that they still exist on that platform you to go play. Like, this is better, right, than when if Bethesda goes away and doesn't take care of the license and yada, 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 you'd have to keep whatever old PlayStation to go play whatever old Bethesda game we're talking about, right? And also, this isn't a binary choice. Nobody's good, nobody's bad. There's a bunch of different decisions you can disagree with and stuff, but I think we can all say that Xbox is doing more for backwards compatibility than anybody else's. It's true. Great. Well if I'm said. wrong, let me know. Well said. No. Uh, we have two fun ones to end this one. Of course, I have a phone call coming in. Hello, Christ. I'm about to sin again. 
It's stuck in your heads now. That's from DJ Kento. Thank you, DJ Kento. And then I have one more from Alex J. Sandoval, who wants me to do this. One second. Let me just get my let me get my game face on here. Also, you while you do that, Jace the Drone says Bethesda wouldn't have went anywhere. Lol. Yeah, I remember when we said that about a bunch of different fucking companies that aren't in business anymore. What are you talking about? I'm not talking about right now. What the fuck is Mike doing while I make this point? <laughs> Come out to the coast. We'll get together, ah! have a few laughs, and be inside of this, and then I drop down, kill that blonde guy. You know what I mean? It's yeah. crazy. Nice. <laughs> My God, uh, was and then, we got to figure out a way for like to have you on the box, and then you do jump out onto the set. Like. Uh, Coop, I will hit you up. Thank you, Coop, and thank you to everybody that has tuned in and supported today's kind of funny games daily super chat section with me and your two incredible show hosts. Of course, we're doing something new this week. If you're watching over on YouTube, guess what? There's no new link to click on. You can stay right here and enjoy the adventures of Hyrule with one Nick Scarpino. If you're watching on Twitch, y'all know the deal. You don't got to go anywhere. Get comfortable and enjoy. But if you are just watching Kind of Funny Games Daily, thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're watching on podcast services around the globe or youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Make sure to scrub on back if you want to rewatch the show. Leave a comment down below on what you think of our weekly experiment here with trying something new. And most importantly, thank you for tuning in to another Kind of Mike, Funny Games Daily. Mike, before you go for your stream, this is a tease for you to come over. Tease. Do you want peanut butter on both sides of the bread or do you want peanut butter bacon bread on top of it or do both you want... sides of the both okay sides, both and then do sides, you want yeah, the yeah. bread toasted hell yeah okay thank hey, you. if possible if yeah possible, i'm on yeah. it i'm firing up the grill i'll get it going okay hell yeah. sounds great. i also bought a uh, DiGiorno pizza i'm pretty stoked about <laughs> oh i like that this is your end of the post show so hard and goodbye <laughs>